Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Let's get into the unsung heroes. Turn your neighbor and say, unsung heroes. I want to talk to you today about <clears throat> the, the unlikely person with a purpose. Anybody ever tried to diet before? No? All right. Let me tell you about it. Right. So if you've ever tried to diet before, um, you know that you're living for the future in the present, right? Anybody ever denied yourself something you really wanted? Come on. Cheesy slice of pepperoni pizza, a burger with bacon and extra cheese. Justin, will you hand me them napkins, bro? I'm, I'm about to, like, I'm glistening up here. I don't know what's going on. It's like a hip-hop video or something. I don't know. Anyways, all right. Like an R&B soul video. All right. Um, I'm back out working out some, working out with some of the guys from the church, eating a little better. Guys in the church are helping me out. I went to a restaurant recently, and I was like, you know, everyone's ordering chicken wings and everything else. And I'm like, you know what? No, I'm putting my foot down. Today, I'm going to eat healthy. Like, you know what I mean? Like every Monday, we research this thought process, right? Because you don't resurrect a diet on a Friday. You know what I'm saying? It's just we don't do that. And so I was like, we're doing it. And so um, I ordered, like, baked chicken, a salad, you know what I mean, just the whole, like, the whole thing, trying to do it right, protein, all the stuff. They messed my order up twice, you know what I mean? So, like, they, they brought me the wrong food, and I was like, that's not, that's not what I, I don't want to, like, I don't want to be that guy at the restaurant, you know what I'm saying? Because you know that second batch is coming back with some human DNA, part, you know what I'm saying? I was like, I don't want to know that. So they brought out the second batch, wrong again, so they're bringing out, bringing out the third time. It was wrong again, but at this point, I'm eating it. Everyone else is done, so I'm going to eat, right? And they're like, you know what, to make it up for you, sir, um, we're going to bring you a slice of, <laughs> yeah, and it was like cheesecake slash ice cream cake with chocolate, it's like triple chocolate with fudge, Heath Bar, and Oreos, and I was like, bro, where was this last week, you know, like, you know, so they're like, we're going to give you a slice of this for free, and I'm like, We have a decision to make. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. And, uh, and so I was looking at him, and I was like, you know, I'm really trying to eat better. You know? And I'm looking at the guys at the table with me. I'm like, I'm trying to eat better. You know what I mean? And, uh, and they said, so what are you going to do? I said, start next Monday, right? So <laughs> all I have to say is, how many of you guys know sometimes you have to live for the future in the present, right? And, and I want to talk to you, the whole Unsung, series, Unsung Heroes series is really about this idea of living for the, the future in the present because every person we're going to talk about over the next six weeks is someone who was more concerned about eternity than they were about earth. And that is what Christ asks us to consider as believers, that we would be more concerned about what is coming, the age to come, Jesus called it, than, than what we would be concerned about here on earth. And in the book of Hebrews, I want to read this passage to you. This is kind of our theme passage, and then we're going to get into the story for today. But Hebrews 11, 13 and 16, Hebrews 11 references a number of the heroes of the faith, if you will. Abraham, he references Moses, references a number of them. And this is what they say. In chapter 11, verses 13 through 16, all these people were still living by, say that word with me, faith when they died. They did not receive 
the things that were promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. In other words, they never actually got there. But they lived in the present for the thing that they wouldn't actually see. So they welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. Instead, verse 16, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. And in this Unsung Heroes series, what I want to talk to you about, we're going to introduce a number of people that were more concerned with what was coming than what was here. But the thing is, you've got to make decisions in the here about what is coming. And that's what we're going to look at today. Go to the book of Joshua. We're going to spend the rest of our time there today. Chapter 2. And if you don't know, this is the story where Joshua is leading God's people towards the promised land. They're getting ready for the promised land. And they come to the city of Jericho. All right. And so as they're coming to the city of Jericho, they, they've got to figure out how to defeat Jericho. And that's kind of where we pick up. And we're actually going to read this story out of the text so you can follow along with the screen with me. We're going to do a little more reading than we usually do, but I think you guys can handle it. You can handle it? All right, look at your neighbor and say, I got this. Look back at him and say, we got this. So you look at him, now look at him and say, you got this. Let's do this. All right, all right. Let's pick it up. Joshua 2, 1 through 3. Then Joshua secretly, secretly sent two spies from Shittim, go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. I love how God uses unlikely people for his purpose. So they stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab, bring out the men who came to you and entered your house. But the woman, who had ta- uh, the woman who had taken the two men and hidden them on the roof, she said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly, and you may catch up with them. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us. Say fallen. So that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. Think about that for a second. Everyone inside the walls is terrified of the men that are outside the walls. And only because of what we're about to read. We have heard, we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. And how you destroyed the kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God, in heaven above and on earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my mother and, or my father and mother, my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from this death. Our lives for your lives, the men assured If you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us this land. And so the men leave. They come back. And many of you know the story of Jericho. They defeat the city of Jericho. God actually crumbles the walls. So if you know the story, they walk around. On the day one, they walk around at once. On day two, they walk around at twice. They do this for seven days. On the seventh day, they walk around, blow the trumpets. The walls crumble, right? Uh, And as the walls crumble, they defeat the entire city. But I want to show you a few things that happens with Rahab because what I know in our life is it's hard to live for the future in the present 
if we're not clear with our purpose, but more importantly, if we're struggling with seeing the end better than we're seeing the now. And so maybe you've been in that season where it's like, all I can see is what's right in front of me right now. Anybody ever been there before? Right? Anybody ever in your job situation with your kids, they're losing their mind, right? Like everyone's going crazy. Your boss is like, you know what I mean? Just all kinds of stuff's going on. And it's all you can see is what's directly in front of you. You're having a real hard time seeing what's down the road. And that's what I want to walk you through. Four things that happens with Rahab. And we want to see what God is doing in and through this. So I want to, the first thing I want you to understand is that purpose always starts with a moment of clarity. Purpose always starts with a moment of clarity. And the moment of clarity comes from faith. Say faith. So it comes from faith, this moment of clarity. How many of you, maybe before you met Jesus, there was this uncertainty as to his role in our lives, and then all of a sudden there's this moment of faith where it's like things became clear. I don't understand everything. I don't know what God's doing in everything, but I know who holds tomorrow better than I can even hold today. Right, And we, we get into this season, so purpose always starts with a moment of clarity. And this is what's interesting. The miracles which convinced Rahab that Israel's God was God in the heavens above and the heavens on earth. Listen, they were life to her, but they were death to her neighbors. And I want you to think for just a second about the, how the reality of who God is is either life to us, or it brings a consuming weight to us that we can't bear under. Like who God is, is either daunting, overwhelming, and it makes us feel terrible and shame. Or it's beautiful and it encourages our heart because we know who holds tomorrow better than we hold today. Right? And this is an amazing moment where faith steps in because I want you to understand something. There are no neutral responses to God. I'm going to say that again. There are no neutral responses to God. We have a very passionate response to who God is. We're either with God or we're against him. The fear of God either hardens people or it, and their unbelief or it graciously calls us to believe. Joshua 2, verse 11. We already read it, but I want us to see it again. When we heard of it, this is Rahab talking. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. Listen, this is the moment of clarity for your for the Lord your God, say Lord, for the Lord your God is he uh, in heaven above and on earth below. Every part of your purpose starts with a moment of clarity as to who God is. Listen to me, not what God is. And this is the place of tension that I feel like we as believers have a hard time struggling with. Many of us know what God is, creator, right, king of kings. We know, that we know what he is in heaven, but many of us haven't connected who he is. Because we know what his power holds. We know what he's done. Listen to me. Who he is establishes the truth and clarity where he goes from the big man on the throne to the ruler that stands in front of us. And we have to cross that threshold where we get a moment of clarity. But then clarity is seized when you meet your moment of courage. Clarity is seized when you meet your moment of courage, right? And courage is beautiful because it's doing what's right in the face of whatever comes against God or his people. I'm going to say it again. Courage is doing what's right in the face of whatever comes against God or his people. Listen to me. It's doing what's biblical even if it's hard. 
How many of us Christians, anybody have a hard time with that? I'll just give you one passage. Maybe it resonates with you. Turn the other cheek. Anybody? My brother, I'm going to run out of cheeks soon. Never mind. So I'm going to run out of cheeks. Like, all right, so like, anybody struggle with that? How about love your, neighbor, love your enemy as yourself? Anybody struggle with that? All right? But doing what's biblical even when it's hard. Listen, and even if we don't have all the answers as to how we're going to walk out the effects, we still do what's biblical even when it's hard. Joshua 2.4, but the woman, Rahab, had taken the two men and hidden them. And she said, yes, the men came to me, but I don't know where they came from. And then she ultimately says, and I don't know, they left already. You know what I'm saying? She's like, they're gone. They're on the roof. So she's obviously just praying like this, just don't go on the roof. They're not here. Don't go on the roof. Kind of like when your wife comes back with bags from Target. You know what I'm saying? Like nothing is here. Don't look in the closet. You know what I'm saying? So, or fellas, if we buy a new pair of shoes, you know what I'm saying? Like nothing's here. Don't look in my office. All right. So anyway, so that was my confession for the day. All right. So moments of clarity clarity so our purpose comes with clarity but listen clarity means nothing if you don't have the courage to walk it out courage means nothing or clarity means nothing if you don't have the courage to walk out what God is calling you to and so that's huge but then courage is usually tested with a season of consistency courage is usually tested with a season of consistency. What I mean by consistency is I mean faithfulness. Say faithfulness. How many guys know it's hard to be faithful for eternity in the now because what I want now is different than what I'm believing for in the future. Anybody? Like what I'm looking for, God, I, w- I want to do this now. I want this career now. I want this paycheck now. I want this thing now. I want to marry this person now. And God's like, listen, I'm trying to save you from yourself. Anybody relate? Anybody glad that it didn't work out with somebody? You know what I'm saying? Like the grace of God was like, I'm not going to give you what you want right now because what you want right now is going to wreck you in the future, right? So for some of us, God said no, and our no we thought was unanswered prayers, but it turns out the unanswered prayers was the answered prayers of what we didn't even know to pray yet. And so God shows up and goes, I'm not going to let that work out for you, but I'm going to do this thing. But here's the deal. You have to be consistent in your faithfulness even when you don't understand the circumstance. And not about you, but I go through seasons of confusion where I'm going, all right, God, I'm going to have to trust you even if I don't know if I trust your plan. Oh, don't get self-righteous on me now. Anybody be like, I trust God, but it's plan, though. Right? Like, I, why? I don't know if his plan lines up with my plan. Anybody had good suggestions for God before? God, if you would just, if you would just do this, I feel like we would fix it all. And God's like, oh, cool, 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 cool. He hits you with a Job 38. Where were you when I created the heavens and the earth? So dress yourself like a man and you can talk to me. That's what God tells Job, which is hilarious. Unless it was you, then it would be terrifying. But so we have moments of consistency in this season. But I want to show you something because, listen, in Joshua 6, chapter 20, when the trumpet sounded, it's, it's in your notes, it's on the screen. Joshua 6.20, when the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the walls of Jericho collapsed. So everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. But here's what I want you to understand. The promise was made in Joshua chapter 2, but the fulfillment wasn't until Joshua chapter 6. 
we got four chapters. And like, the likelihood is days, weeks, maybe even longer between Rahab getting a promise and it getting fulfilled. And I don't know about you, what's hard for me isn't clarity, and sometimes it's not even courage. For me, what's hard sometimes is consistency. Because come day 5, 6, 12, I'm like, all right, God, you're not doing what I thought you were going to do. Let me just, anybody relate? Let me just, I'll fix it, God. Let me, show, let me show you what I think should happen. And God's like, go on ahead. That's how me and God, I don't know how you and God talk. I don't know if he hits you with the KJV, thouest go headed. I don't know. But like, so, like, so we, Rahab has four chapters of faithful waiting. Exciting days went from hopeful and helpful Anxious to suspenseful, doubtful, and fearful. And maybe you can resonate with this. And I want to, man, connect for a second with this. Like, she knows that the Israelites are coming. She knows that their God, God of Israel, the God we serve, she knows that they, he dried up the Red Sea for them to walk across, destroyed their army, destroyed the kings and the Amorites. He, he, they, they know that God has done amazing things. And so all she asks is, I will help you, but when it comes time for you to help me, please come through because I, I need you to protect my family. And so they give her a promise, but then after the promise, it's days, it's weeks, it's possibly even longer. She's sitting there going, I, 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 I'm trusting that you're going to do this. I'm trusting you're going to do this. Do this, and then it goes from trusting to I'm hoping you're going to do this, and then it goes from hoping to I think you're going to do this, and it goes from thinking to I'm believing you're going to do this, and it goes from believing to Are you going to do this? And maybe you've been there before where it went from helpful to anxious to doubtful. God, are you, are you going to do this? And it's in the seasons of doubt. We have to be consistent when the circumstances don't seem like it. Because God's faithfulness to us, listen to me, always shows up after our faithfulness to him. He's looking for our faithfulness, our consistency. Joshua 6.22, Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, go into the prostitute's house and bring her out and all who belong to her in accordance with your oath to her. Which brings me to my the last point. Consistency ends with a lifetime of connection. Consistency ends with a lifetime of connection. So purpose starts with clarity, but clarity leads to courage, and courage leads to consistency, and then consistency leads to connection, right? And, and, and here's what's beautiful, and you, you, maybe you don't know this about Rahab. So Rahab is saved, Right? She's saved from uh, the, the walls. And so uh, as they invade Jericho, they go get Rahab and her family out. But here's something you may not know about Rahab. Did you know that she ends up marrying into the tribe of Judah in Israel? Do you know who comes from the tribe of Judah in Israel? David, who would be a king. But guess who comes after that lineage? Jesus, who's the king of kings. So her consistency to remain faithful gives her a connection to the king of kings. And from the lineage of a prostitute comes the king of kings who is the Lord of all of heaven and earth. And I love what's very interesting to me is even as we read throughout the Bible, we get to Hebrews, and we're going to read it in a second, but even when we get to Hebrews, they never 
like, cease to remind us who Rahab was. Like, anybody got, a, does anyone here have a reputation? Maybe one you'd like to forget, right? Like, anyone got a re- reputation? Like, that's the, that's the guy, you know, like, that's, that's that dude, you know what I mean? Um, Rahab throughout the entire Bible, it's always Rahab, the prostitute. Which I believe is interesting because even in the New Testament, it's Rahab, the prostitute. But when they're referencing Rahab, the prostitute, they're referencing the beauty of her redemption, not the tragedy of her past. And for some of us, we don't feel like we can connect to God because of what's behind us. But what we see in Rahab is the truth of what's in front of us may still carry the testimony of redemption even into the future of uncertainty. But our connection to God redeems even the worst past you could possibly have. So what happens when God gets hold of our life? For some people, maybe you're in a season where it's like, man, you've gone through the worst of the worst of the worst. And maybe you're the person that's like, man, I don't, I don't know that I've done the ter- most terrible things ever. But maybe I'm just, my faith seems to lack substance. Wherever you are, God can reach you if you start the process. And just to prove it to you, we have a story by one of the ladies in our church, and we want to show it to you right now. Go ahead, guys. Gina Polk. Gina Polk. Yes. All right, so Gina, tell me your church history. Like growing up, what was kind of your background in church? I was raised Catholic. I received communion. I was never confirmed. Um, went to church until I was ooh, maybe eight, nine years old that I can recall. And then I said to my mom and dad, um, I don't want to go to church anymore. I didn't go to church probably formally until I met my husband. I mean, I knew he went to church every Sunday. And this was in Tennessee at the time. Um, he would ask me if I wanted to go to church on Sundays, and I would look at him and say, no thanks. Can you kind of walk us through what you feel like your picture of God was during that season? My picture of God was he was a statue or a figurine on the wall. Hmm. There was no relationship for me whatsoever. I feel like when I had my son, and he's nine now, um, things started to change, and I've always felt like there was a There was a pull. I think at the time I attributed it to, I definitely want my son to see both of his parents going to church. I started serving, that was coffee. And I specifically chose coffee because I could be by myself and alone. But I still didn't really understand why. Why why am I doing this? I would purposely sit in the back of the church and I would scoop myself down in the chair and just try to avoid everything that was being said, but there was a conviction. I think me and God were just butting heads and I was trying to say no to it and say no to it and say no to it. And then finally I said to myself, why? Why am I saying no to it? And then I just said yes, because I saw how everybody was and I wanted it. I wanted to let go. So in services, I started raising my hands. Never did that. I looked at Tremaine and I said, 
think I'm going to try out for the worship team. <laughs> and he said, you're going to do what? <laughs> it made me feel joyful. And then from that moment on, everything changed. I felt like I had a purpose. Hmm. I felt like I finally had a direction. I finally figured out that the person I need is God. So walk me through Pipeline the last nine months. Yeah, nine months now. Um, you just finished year one. So yeah. how's, how has that been for you? And how has that furthered this thing that's been going on for the last few years? I would go home from Pipeline every Monday night and Tremaine would be like, why don't you come to bed? I'm like, I can't come to bed after <laughs> class. <laughs> I had to just go home and sit and think and it was, it's just been unbelievable. Somewhat recently, you got baptized. <laughs> so how was that? Just the overall feeling that came over me when I was sitting there, even before you dunked me, I was just like, it was, my heart was pounding and it was just overwhelming. It was overwhelming in such a good way. And I felt so good. If there's a girl or a guy sitting on the back row, slouching down on their chair, just trying not to be hidden, <laughs> what would you tell them? Just open yourself up for a moment and your life can change. It's so beautiful how God comes after us sometimes when we don't even know he's coming after us. And one of the things that I think is unique about the story of Rahab is if you go back and you look at the story, did you ever notice that God didn't need Rahab to save the city? I want you to think for just a second, what happens? They show up. Rahab doesn't give them some secret code that they'll infiltrate through a window and then like Trojan horse that thing. Like that didn't happen. What happens? They show up, they march around in circles and the walls fall down. So what is the purpose of this story of Rahab in the Bible? If the purpose of Rahab wasn't that they would have some secret code of infiltration, why is it even here? Well, I think there's a quote from Barbara Ann Kelly, who's an author that writes for the Gospel Coalition, and this is the way she describes it. She says, Joshua didn't need a strategy for Jericho. God would give him an extraordinary plan for taking of the city. God sent the spies to save Rahab and her family. And here's what I think. Well, this is what we know from the text. The reason the spies showed up at Rahab's house is because God wanted Rahab not because God wanted Jericho. God was gonna get Jericho no matter what. God wanted this unlikely person with a purpose to be part of a lineage of the King of Kings so that when we read our Bibles, we can see it doesn't matter where you've come from, God can put you in a lineage that the future is better than the past. The whole story of Rahab is a purpose for you and for me to know that God can do 
through people what we can't do for ourselves. And wherever you've come from, God's got a brighter future than the present. God's got a brighter future than the past. God can do amazing things. And that's why Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for. Some translations say it's the substance of what is hoped for, or the evidence of what's not seen, and the assurance about what we do not see and then it goes on to say, see, how many of you guys have ever, ever heard that verse before? Now, faith is the substance of what's hoped for, the evidence of not seen. But that what comes right after that, through their faith. Who's there? Well, Hebrews 11 is actually talking about Abraham, Moses, Rahab. Through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. And if we jump all the way down to verse 31 of Hebrews 11, by faith, who? The prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And we look at the story, she was saved, but her saving wasn't for the city. The spies were there to save her when the city was destroyed. And listen to me, in a season of uncertainty, in a world of confusion, when we don't have all the answers. When you're asking God for clarity, when you're asking God for purpose, when you're seeking out courage, be consistent, be faithful. Even when you don't know if his plan is quite going to line up with your plan, listen to me, his plan is better. His plan is better. Know that God will carry you even through the, certain of the season of uncertainty. And when you think you're doing something great, listen to me, when this is the beautiful part about the story of Rahab, and this is what I want to encourage you with your life. Even when you know you're doing something great, listen, God may very well be sending someone into your path that the purpose of your story would be to impact them and to draw Christ to everyone that's around you. Rahab's faithfulness, Rahab's consistency had nothing to do with the city of Jericho. It had everything to do with the fact that her lineage was about to change because she did what was right. She had purpose. She had clarity. She had courage. She had consistency and it created a lifetime of connection so that she and only she would be able to carry out for the rest of eternity a lineage of promise and purpose. And that's why it's Rahab's belief in God that mirrors our belief in Christ. And it's the last quote I'll give it to you. It's only through our faith in Christ that he can and will save us that we actually rescued what the world around us is dying. So just like with Rahab, just like with Gina, and just like with me, let's stay connected to God. Because what may be more important than just your story being about you is that your story might be about something bigger than you. And that's what it means to be an unsung hero. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you that we, God, are here in this place and you are glorified in our life. God, we thank you that it, this is not hinging on us, that our story's success or failure is not about our ability to check all of the religious boxes or follow all the greatest rules. God, you seek us out because you desire to transform our eternity. And so, God, I pray right now for each one of us, God, that we would connect the reality that our eternity is better than our present, but also it needs just as much attention. 
So God, lead our hearts to see and to know, to have confidence in who you are. So that God, just like Rahab and just like so many others, God, we wouldn't necessarily be the hero. We could be an unsung hero in the ultimate story of Jesus being glorified in our life because you're the greatest hero we could ever have. We love you this morning. God, I pray for each person in here, they would connect to a purpose, that they would see with clarity, they would walk with courage, they would let their courage keep connection and consistency, God, so that they can maintain a life of connection with you for the rest of their days. In Jesus' name, with everyone's head bowed and your eyes closed, if you're here today, and just like with the stories that we've told today, you are recognizing how you need to be connected to God, but maybe there are things in your life you know that are separating you from God. And today, you're ready to say yes to God so that you can start a new process. And what it takes is putting your faith in Jesus that when Jesus died on the cross, he died for your sins. And your belief in him is what saves you, not your works. And today, if you wanna put your faith in Jesus, I'm inviting you to say yes. And right now, I'm gonna invite you to pray this prayer with me. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. It just puts words to the actions of your heart that says, I'm putting my faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of my sins. And I'm gonna give him my life. And if you're ready to pray that prayer with me, the whole church is gonna pray it with you. And I want you to repeat after me. Let's pray. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start and I'll follow you forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's get it for all those that prayed that perhaps the first time. Man, we celebrate with you. That's awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. MyTC.life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.